Blog Talk Radio. tuning in tonight you have tuned in to the ken reedy show the best in pro wrestling talk why don't you go head on over to facebook i know you like doing the facebook thing facebook.com slash uh the ken reedy show we got a show chat going on right there later on tonight we'll have a raw chat going on the facebook page so go go over there like us and then jump on board you can check us out on twitter at the ken reedy show is our twitter twitter handle and uh, you can always go to the com blogs and other exciting stuff. So check out the website. Glad to have you aboard. So much to talk about. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Could not get through all the stuff we have to talk about without our tag. My tag team partner, Dave, is on the line all the way from Connecticut. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I just get better and better every week. It's springtime. Uh, we're, we're, we're heading towards the warmer weather. And... Uh, I couldn't be happier right now, and I'm, and every Monday night, what I look forward to is talking pro wrestling with you and with everybody out there in the Ken Reedy Show family. So, like you said, a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. All right. Well, before we, uh, you know, we, before we get into all the stuff we have to talk about wrestling wise, uh, you know, we had some breaking news pretty much right before uh, we went on the air. Uh, unfortunate, sad news. Um, well, we learned the passing of. Uh, Daniel Bryan's father, um, you know, unfortunate news, Dave. He comes back from his honeymoon and uh, uh, finds out that his father has indeed passed away. Um, but he has said that he will be on Monday Night Raw. He intends to be there tonight. Um, you know, not really important when a family's going through this, but you got to wonder what, uh, how much or how little he will be on Raw tonight, what he's, he's going to do. But, uh an unfortunate set of circumstances for Daniel Bryan's family, and and for all of us, Dave, we'd like to send our uh, condolences out to uh, family and friends of uh, Daniel Bryan's dad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you're coming from you know the the the, the biggest career highlight um, in Daniel Bryan's life, well, you know, being a part of WrestleMania, that push towards WrestleMania, winning the championship, then marrying the love of his life, and going on their honeymoon a week and a half, two weeks later. Uh, just some of the best times of his life. We don't know what the relationship status was between him and his father, whether they were close or not. But it looks like uh, you know Daniel Bryan's going to pull a Brett Favre and actually perform tonight, um, considering that he found the, you know, the, the passing of his father. 
those of you out there who don't get the reference, Brett Favre lost his father, I, I believe he was day of a Monday night football game or the day before, and he went out and he had the game of a lifetime against the Oakland Raiders um, in Green Bay. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe this will be something that will uh, you know help Daniel Bryan get through the evening by working and being back in front of the WWE universe and the Yes movement. Yes, I said, and like you said, you kind of hit upon it, you know, the the pinnacle of his career, and uh, we got we have so much to talk about, and let's let's try and make that transition into talking wrestling. Um, you know, a lot of stuff happened last week on Monday Night Raw. We saw the the reformation of Evolution, and uh, what does that entail for the, the world of professional wrestling? And we're going to get to that that whole thing a, a little bit later on, and what what that means with the, the return of Evolution, but. Uh, you know, it's been a weird couple weeks, and, and you know, uh, with the tragic passing of the Ultimate Warrior last week, a lot of the show with, with calls and interviews and everything, uh, we kind of touched upon WrestleMania, but uh, a lot of what we talked about was the Ultimate Warrior, and uh, we kind of wanted to start off this week's show and, and kind of, you know, really give our take on uh, everything that happened at uh, WrestleMania um, we were there, you know, Dave and I were in New Orleans, um, great weekend as always, the WWE knows how to, how to do it right, um, you know, as, as far as uh, the, the weekend goes, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, let, let's break it down a little bit, Dave, as far as, uh, you know, access goes, um, it was good, uh, the lines are getting a little bit ridiculous at access, um, we had an incident in that access, which uh, we refer to as the the running of the marks, if you will. But uh, uh, <laughs> Bray Wyatt came out to do uh, autographs, and and no joke. I mean, if you've never been to Access, it's just this huge open room with uh, different people doing signings and and matches going on. So there's something to do everywhere. And and when the Wyatts came out, all of a sudden it was like a wave of people, unlike anything I'd ever seen, just running from one side of the room to the other, to the point where, like, we were diving, like, against the wall to make sure we, we could avoid getting trampled. Um, so that was very interesting. But I think as far as access goes, it's fun. If you've never done it, definitely uh, take in an access. Um, but I think it might be time to change it up uh, a bit. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on Access Day, but I think I'd like to see the WWE maybe tweak Access a bit. I, I don't know necessarily what to do. Um, and again, I get it. I've been fortunate enough to go a few times. If it's your first time, yeah, Access is awesome. Um, so maybe it's just me being spoiled and saying I'd like to see them tweak it. What were your thoughts on Access? Well, uh, I mean, I'll touch on a few things and some things I learned over that particular weekend about access. Number one, you don't go to the Friday night session. Even though I booked myself and my brothers for the, and you, know, you and you know, producer Michelle went to the Friday night session, don't go. Because that's when everybody who's ordered the travel package gets into town. A good time to go is Thursday evening because not every wrestling fan is in town or Saturday morning. I went Friday night with you guys, and I was there to witness the running of the marks. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were up against the guardrail where Dean Ambrose's line was, because Dean Ambrose from the Shield was by himself, and we seen people jumping out of the line. The famous quote, Ken, that we talked about all weekend at that point, 
there was this one kid that was running on his phone. He probably had 12 championship belts all autographed, a bunch of swag. And he's like, did you get me a good spot in line? And he's just <laughs> running, dragging all his crap. Did you get me a good spot? So he ran, and, and we've seen people leaving the Ambrose line to go to Wyatt Line. But the best time is Thursday evening or Saturday morning. I went to the 8 a.m. session. I walked from my hotel. I got up really early. I only got four hours of sleep from the night before. Got up really early, walked to the hotel, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to go get autographs from my girlfriend and her son. Just kind of walk around. And I, I can't imagine that many wrestling fans getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning to go to, to you know, get autographs. So I walk in, and I first line I get into was Cesaro, which is a big deal for me because those who listen to the show know that he's got the most – um, you have the record number of not of approvals by myself and Ken, of course, and he's one of my favorites to watch. And so I got in that line and waited about like 45 minutes or so, not bad, uh, considering, you know, I was one of the first people to get in there. And then I'm just kind of milling around, tooling around and uh, checking out all the lines. And uh, I see that Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man's got a line. So I'm about to jump in there. And as I jump in there, all of a sudden they hear, Roman Reigns! And you all know how much I love Roman Reigns. So I, I was a part of the Mark Stampede heading over <laughs> to that line. Um, because it, before Roman Reigns came out, they had Brad Maddox. And Brad Maddox probably had about eight people in there, including his family members, probably, you know, to, to get in line to you know, get autographs from him. So I was one of the very few in that line that got there early. I waited about a half hour, I would say, for Roman Reigns. Totally worth it. Super nice guy. Very good with kids. That's why he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the next top guy in the WWE. He's going to be the poster boy for that company. Um, so right there, I hit a home run within a matter of you know, a matter of a couple of hours at Access walking around. Um, so I, I suggest for those of you that go to WrestleMania next year in California, if you decide you want to go to Fan Access, you go either Thursday evening or Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Because the afternoon sessions and some of the evening sessions um, – the Friday night evening, it's a nightmare. There's so many lines, and I just think it's its not worth the time. You walk around, you get to take it all in, but, you know, you're better off going those sessions. Take my advice. And another thing, too, that I also learned, Ken, is you went on the WrestleMania.com app that WWE had for that weekend for WrestleMania 30, and you downloaded the app. They would send notifications to your smartphone of when guys are going to be in certain autograph stations inside your session of access. Now, the session I went to, the 8 o'clock session, Roman Reigns was not a part of it. He was not even advertised. And I believe Dolph Ziggler was, and I didn't see Ziggler at all during that session. And I was pleasantly surprised with Roman Reigns. Like I said, I hit a home run. But other people who had that app would know it. Station 4 at 10 a.m., Roman Reigns was going to show up to that to do autographs. So if you had that app, you got a heads up as to who was going where and when, which I thought was pretty cool. If I knew about that, I think maybe Friday night would have been a little bit of a smoother transition. Because what they do is with those autograph sessions, they, they take talent and they put them in there for two hours. After the two-hour block, they get them out of there, and then they bring new talent in. To, so if you plan on going to meet AJ and Tamina, like that, like the one line we saw, and then the Wyatts show up. If you wanted to wait in line for the Wyatts, you're already halfway there. You know, so it kind of works out in some ways, but in other ways it doesn't. Um, that's as far as I'm concerned with, with access and how access goes. But those are just some friendly tips in my experience with access overall. I hit a home run on Saturday morning with my two favorites. So I, I, I was kind of happy this year with access. 
Yeah, it was cool. I mean, you know, again, I think maybe I'm just a little bit spoiled. It should be interesting because, you know, we always try to visit uh, the, the, the graveyard, you know, Taker's graveyard, and I wonder, you know, if there will even be a Taker's graveyard. And if there's not, I mean, Taker's graveyard takes up a lot of space, so you'd think there'd be uh, something different. I mean, the, the memorabilia they have there is always cool to, to see, and no, no matter how many times I, I see some of that stuff, uh, it's great. Life-size, life-size statue of Andre the Giant as well as a life-size statue of Bruno San Martino was really cool. So, yeah, it's definitely a fun time. Um, but it's good advice you're giving, Dave, as far as uh, which ones to try and hit. My favorite moment, my favorite event of every WrestleMania weekend is the Hall of Fame. And there are a couple of things. I mean, I hate to say it, but, but honestly, out of the ones I've been to, this was probably my least favorite uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I thought a lot of the speeches kind of ran on. There's one thing, though, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. And, and my feeling on this is, you know, wrestling, as I've gotten involved, and especially doing this show and, and now at the network and, and with Vince owning everything beforehand with the DVDs, you, you get a sense that maybe, you know, years ago you didn't get it. But now, at least for me as a fan, I really get the sense of the rich history of, of pro wrestling and, and, you know, everyone that's been involved with pro wrestling, how far back it goes. And I've always, to me as a fan, uh, gone to the Hall of Fame with uh, the utmost respect and reverence. And, and to me, that was like just a, a supposed to be a special night. And, you know, you and I cut kind of from the same cloth, like, Maybe not a suit, but every year that I go, sports jacket, tie, I dress for the, the Hall of Fame. I dress for the occasion. And I have found over the years that the first year I went to the Hall of Fame, I thought a good percentage. I don't know if I'd say most, but I, I, it might have been most of the crowd were wearing something nice. They weren't wearing their, their wrestling fan garb. Um, as each year goes on, it seems like it's getting less and less. And this year, like, I almost felt like I was sticking out, uh, like a sore thumb, being dressed. Uh, almost the entire crowd was in T-shirts and jeans. Um, and personally, I, I kind of find that a little bit disappointing. I, I To me, you know, I get it. Anyone can wear whatever they want. Um but I kind of liked the idea of it being a, a somewhat formal, special occasion where we really spotlighted the rich history of, of pro wrestling. The one thing as far as the WWE that I wasn't crazy about with the Hall of Fame, and I, I don't want to get into like criticizing individual speeches or whatever, um, you know, I, I really didn't like the... Uh, the the bull and, and hornswoggle segment. I, I just didn't think it belonged on the Hall of Fame. Like that's just a night to celebrate uh, the history. And and so the, those things kind of bothered me a bit about the Hall of Fame. Again, usually that's my favorite uh, night of the weekend. I'm curious your thoughts on the Hall of Fame this year, Dave. Uh, I, I agree with you about the, the the dress code issue. I mean, it's it's it makes you feel like you're a part of something special when you're going to an event like that, especially being a wrestling fan. And what I thought was cool about this year's Hall of Fame is that they, we, when we first got there, it was treated with, like, you know, such prestige and, and, and honor with that, that red carpet special that aired on the network, which I watched a week later. I thought it was well done. 
how they did it. They interviewed the guys coming into the arena on the red carpet. People were cheering. Um, I just thought it was pretty cool the importance that they had built up of, of it on TV. And being there, I had a feeling that that was the case. Um, but I do agree with you with the dress code. Like, I see more people in, 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 in Daniel Bryan T-shirts and stuff like that. Like, you don't see. I mean, as far as I know, if you go to the Academy Awards, you're not <laughs> you're not wearing you know a, a, a Hugh Jackman T-shirt or a, or a Johnny Depp you know foam finger. You know, you're you're <laughs> dressed up nice. So. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know why Johnny Depp would have a foam finger, but you know, I'm just trying to make an example here. I mean, most, of, you know, and if Johnny Depp does have a foam finger, if he's gonna have one for another movie coming out, you can thank me for that one, there, pal. All right. So anyhow, um, I, I, I thought I we said it in the hall before we went to go to our seats. We're like, less and less people are getting dressed up, and I, I do feel that I did stick out a little bit like a sore thumb because we were dressed nicely, but I, uh, at the same time, like that. I mean, I guess it's just the way that things are changing. They they seem to have geared more towards trying to get people to to not make cat calls during the Hall of Fame as opposed to uh, you know uh, what they're wearing when they go to the Hall of Fame in, in recent years. Because I mean, you you noticed it too. They sent out a memo talking about you know uh, you know no no cat calls and no chants and stuff like that during the Hall of Fame ceremony. First of all. To the people out there that, that, that come up with these memos, whether it be WWE or the arena, with all due respect, you're a wrestling entertainment company having a Hall of Fame ceremony for a scripted sport, and you're going to tell people not to champ at it, especially when you have a guy by the name of the late Ultimate Warrior being inducted. I mean, people are going to – I mean, it's rude. Don't get me wrong. I agree. It's totally rude when these guys are talking about their lives, especially – there was one guy in my row that was absolutely obnoxious when Jake the Snake came out. Yeah, I, I mean, it, he, he couldn't have kissed his ass any more than he did and throughout, throughout his whole speech. I just thought it was annoying. But I do agree with you. The, the, the dress code situation, it's, it, it, it was a joke this year. But yeah, you know. I, like, I, I'm sorry, Mr., the, the, the Jake the Snake speech was phenomenal, very emotional. I got choked up during that. Everybody else is solid. The, 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 the real show stealer and not in a good way was Mr. T of course. You would have thought his mother was going into the hall of fame <laughs> that, that night. Which which then prompted, you know, the the, the, the Paul Bearer thing to uh to, to get cut short. Scott Hall Rachel Ramon's speech got cut short. It looked like he wasn't even finished and they played his music. And and then, you know, they had to make time for the warrior. There were some bright spots in it, but for the most part, um this year's Hall of Fame wasn't really uh I think they're trying to turn it into more of an entertainment show than they are an actual ceremony than they have in, in the past few years. Yeah, which I guess for me it's, it's something like I don't want to see it become that. Like I want, like I, to me, which is disappointing. Like that was the night to to show the world, like that that yeah we're wrestling fans, but we we can we can be classy, we we can be respectful. You know, and, and that that's how I always looked at it. I, I that was the night where you you dressed up and, and you walked out there and you, and you proudly, you know, declared your, your wrestling fandom. I, I just I, I I don't know. I would like to see it um be more formal. Who knows? I mean next year maybe we'll be the only ones wearing suit. But uh <laughs> you know, it's still like you're right. I mean, I got show I mean when you watch Scott Hall and uh, Jake the Snake, I mean two guys that and I said it before that, you know, we were all just waiting for uh, when we were going to hear that they had passed on and just to to see them up there together, uh, you know, on the same night. 
uh, was just that was that was phenomenal. And you're right, I got a little choked up watching Jake the Snake too. Uh, it was just, I mean, that was just really good stuff. Which brings us to the the main event, and this is interesting because I always talk about my my favorite night being the Hall of Fame, but uh, this this weekend I I can't say my my favorite night was WrestleMania. Um, you know, it's funny because I was at WrestleMania 10, so I got to go back and like watch that top to bottom again. Um, but quite possibly, uh, WrestleMania 30 was the greatest WrestleMania I was at. Um, it's, if nothing else, a historic WrestleMania, and we could debate till the cows come home where we're going to rank this WrestleMania historically. Um, but the big thing, and, and this is why we kind of wanted to hit WrestleMania, I know we're coming a little bit late, but last week's show was a little bit different. You know, Dave and I felt like we really didn't get to dissect uh, the ending of the streak, and, you know, we keep hearing right now changing of the guard, changing of the guard, and, and you know, with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and the Shield and, the, you know, new faces, um, you know, with with the changing of the guard, the, there's the introduction and, and the, the flourishing of new faces, and it's it's the demise of, of the old. And on a lot of levels, uh, you know, Taker streak ending, uh, perhaps part of uh, this changing of the guard. Um, I watched the match again on T on uh, the network. Uh, it came off to me better on TV than it did live in the arena. Uh, can't say that I agreed. It's interesting, Dave, and I'm curious your thoughts. Cause I can't say that I was, I was pissed. I was pissed. I, and honestly, I was like, Lesnar doesn't deserve this at the moment when it happened. Shocked, pissed, appalled, like a punch in the gut as a fan. Um, as I started thinking about it more and more, um, started thinking that, well, you know what, a part-time guy, uh, maybe it would be better for a part-time guy to, to break the streak because there's not as much pressure uh, on him. Secondly, if The Undertaker picked Lesnar, I can't sit here and disagree with what The Undertaker decided. I mean, it's his streak, he, his career, his, his, uh, you know, his decision. Um, but the interesting way I, I took is as I looked at this more and more and, and analyzed it, and I know you kind of touched upon it a bit last week, but that was the rub, in fact, given to Heyman. And after seeing what Heyman has done the past couple weeks, as you talk about, well, the streak should have been given to a regular guy, someone who's going to be there week in and week out, it, it's kind of a different spin on it. But the everyday guy, quote-unquote, that was given the rub from the streak was Paul Heyman. And he's taking the ball and running with it. I'm expecting a huge year out of Heyman, if not more. Um, but so that's like it's, it's. I'm getting more philosophical as I come away from that match. But uh, definitely something that really kind of uh, in the moment I just was not happy at all, Dave. Well, you can go a few different. Here's a few different thoughts and theories that I have about this whole situation. First of all, I will agree with you. It came off better on television when you go back and watch it. Being in that dome, in the, in the Superdome, the Superdome, by the way, Hulk Hogan, I love you, but it was the Superdome. Uh, now, not only did the finish of that match suck the air right out of the place, but even during the match, like watching it just kind of sucked the air out. I was, I was pretty much bored with it. I looked over at my brother, I was like, this match sucks. Like, 
he's old. Like, I mean, I love Undertaker. I got all the respect in the world for what he's done in the wrestling business, in WWE. But, I mean, he's in there with a guy who's just a physical monster. Like, you make one, you know, one, one false move with him, and, like, he can hurt you. So, I, didn't, I wouldn't say that I was sitting there thinking, like, this could be the last one. But um, I thought to myself, like, this, maybe next year will be it. You know, because just, he just wasn't moving around properly. We come to find out later he was concussed. Lesnar had to call the whole match. The match was supposed to go on a little bit longer. I guess Taker called it early. Um, that's why when the finish did happen, the rumor is the referee had no idea about it. Um, he was told just to count the three regardless if the guy's shoulder was on the mat. Um, that's why the graphic came up the way that it did, the 21-1 graphic. Um, but... Going on to what you were talking about with Heyman and the rub that he's getting, I look at it like this. At the moment, I will admit, I was there and I thought Lesnar shouldn't have gotten this. No way. No way he shouldn't have gotten this. This should have gone to somebody like a John Cena or a younger guy to give them a rub and help establish them going forward in their career. And then you hear the stories while Undertaker had felt that it was a timeless, you know, it was it was his time to, you know, end it, and he wanted Lesnar to do it because they have a friendship, they have a history together. Um, apparently Vince had thrown the idea about ending the streak, and Taker did not disagree with him. Um, so you can't, if, if Undertaker came up with that, that theory that it should end, I agree, like you can, you can't say no. Um, and then I look back and I think to myself, now it makes sense why Undertaker had, had that streak end. It didn't by Brock Lesnar. Going into that pay-per-view, everybody in the world thought Undertaker was winning it. There was no way that people thought that Brock Lesnar had a solid chance. They gave you one week, the last Raw before Mania, where you thought, okay, Lesnar could do it. But you thought, you know what, Undertaker always pulls it out. He'll beat Lesnar. Because they they, they've got plans for him with this streak. This streak is so hot and so popular that they're going to try and ride this out for as long as they can. And when the when the, the three count hit and you saw the looks on the people's faces, that one kid, his face is so popular now because of that look. You know, after the match, just everybody was in shock and awe. I mean, we all looked at each other like did the referee. Even it looked like the referee called the count off. But then, as you go back and you watch it again, and you see that how Taker was moving around, how Lesnar had to call the match himself because he was hurt, um, and because Lesnar is quite frankly, a legitimate tough guy, a UFC champion. How would it make him look if he were to lose to The Undertaker in some ways? It makes sense in a lot of ways that, it, that the Brock Lesnar character defeated The Undertaker because he's a wrecking machine. And at the, at the Undertaker stage of his career, he doesn't have that many more. Paul Heyman had alluded to it in promos heading into the buildup for that match. So I can see where that makes sense that Brock Lesnar would be the guy to do it, the character itself, not the human being. The character. And then you look back, and Heyman, this has really helped develop Heyman. I agree with you, Ken. I didn't want to agree with you at first when you thought about it, when you said it, but now I think about it, going back to his promo on Friday on SmackDown, having him pair with Cesaro. This is a trickle-down effect. Lesnar beats Undertaker. Okay, this draws a lot of heat to Lesnar as a monster, as a heel. He's going to go into the rest of this year as, as a killing machine. I'm sure he's going to compete for the title. And he's probably going to win the title and have a run with the belt for a little bit. But it's going to make him even bigger, a bigger heel. Heyman, the guy who managed the guy that ended the streak. Heyman's now managing Cesaro. 
how does that make Cesaro look now more than ever that he's being managed by the guy who managed the guy to end the streak? And what's it going to be when the guy that beats Brock Lesnar, what's it going to look like for him when, he, when Brock Lesnar is finally defeated? Because I truly believe that they're going to make Lesnar unstoppable. Like he's going to have a run where he's going to be unstoppable from now until the next WrestleMania. He's going to go undefeated. And whoever beats him and knocks him off, that's who it's going to make. So let's say that Brock Lesnar goes undefeated, wins the belt, has a, has a strong run with the title, and then they have like a Roman Reigns or a Cesaro. How's that going to make that guy look? I beat the guy that ended the streak. I think it's going to help out multiple people. Heyman, Cesaro, the guy who beats Lesnar, Lesnar, on all accounts, now you look back at it and you dissect it all, I think it's not just helping one person. It's helping a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, the, 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 young, the young wrestler that's going to get the rub, we don't know who that is yet. Um, but you're right, the guy who beat the guy who beat the streak, uh, it's going to put that guy over in, in a huge way. And, uh, you know, short term right now, the, the manager who beat the streak is grabbing Cesaro. I mean, that immediately elevates uh, Cesaro's uh, stature. And, and not to mention, you know, winning the, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I mean, Cesaro's stock is definitely on the rise. You know, it's really cool, man, because, like, you know, I, I've mentioned it a couple times on the show, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm in a band, and the name of the band is Standing Room Only, and for short, we call it SRO. And the really cool thing, Dave, is at WrestleMania, when the crowd was chanting Cesaro, it sounded a lot like SRO. I got to have a moment. I, 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 I actually <laughs> could hear what it would sound like if 70,000 people were chanting SRO. That, that was kind of cool. I, I, do, I do remember that, and I do remember you mentioning that a lot. That on Bourbon Street when we were at the famous swamp for the yeah, exactly. one beers. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall with the WrestleMania show itself, like I look at it as, like like we've said, I hate to keep using that word, but that changing of the guard. You know, it started with that streak. Daniel Bryan ended up winning the title and having a great match with Triple H. Overall, I think that show, in my opinion, I agree with you, my favorite WrestleMania I attended. The opening with Hogan, Austin, and Rock, holy cow, if you, I wish somebody videotaped me. I mean, I saw your video, but I was the biggest mark. I was the biggest mark in my world. I sang the Hulk Hogan theme when he came out. When Austin came out, I jumped. We always talk about it. WrestleMania weekend is a tradition. My phone always dies, and I always lose my voice. I lost my voice before the first match <laughs> when Rock and Austin and Hogan were out there. And they, a moment that I look back on it, and you always have to look back on it when, when, from being there and then looking back on it again. Looking back on it, they also passed the torch to this younger generation. Austin, in his promo, talked about the guys on the current roster that make their WrestleMania moments. Hogan yeah. said the same thing. Rock even endorsed Daniel Bryan. I mean, the, it, WrestleMania 30 was a changing of the guard the whole weekend, the streak ending. Those legends passing the torch. Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, The Shield. I mean, we're looking at the future right now, and the future's looking pretty damn good. I, I, That's overall, really. I enjoyed this show. Now, what does that mean now going forward as we go into, you know, we're past WrestleMania, the guard has been changed, so to speak. What does it mean? Where do we go going forward? The reformation of evolution. What does that mean? What are we going to see tonight? What are we, what's next for Daniel Bryan? 
as he begins his title run as the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I'm sure tonight we're going to hear from Heyman, so lots of stuff to get to. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you think about this changing of the guard. Like it? Hate it? Who's the next big thing? What are your thoughts going forward with Heyman, Lesnar? So many things to talk about. Got to get into the evolution talk as well. We've got a few of you that have been on hold for a while right after the break. We're going to get right into the phone calls. Again, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. But before we get to the calls, we got to get to our 50-50 news report from Dave. Take it away, Dave. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard exclusively here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night at the top of the hour. And this week, to start off with some uplifting news, it was reported here a few weeks back that WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts had a recent scare with cancer located behind his knee. The surgery was performed. Roberts appeared at the 2014 Hall of Fame ceremony in New Orleans to accept his induction. And we can now report that via his Twitter account, Jake the Snake announced yesterday that after one more surgery, he will be cancer-free. Roberts was quoted as saying, must have one more surgery on spot-on leg to be sure area is cancer-free. Have to have scans done every three months to monitor monitor my body. Cancer-free. Congratulations to you, Jake the Snake Roberts. And our second story this week, WWE referee Little Mage Charles Robinson nearly lost his thumb while setting up the ring for Friday's WWE live event in Saudi Arabia. And yes, to all the marks out there, I know SmackDown is on Fridays, but I hate to burst your bubble, but they take SmackDown every Tuesday. Is it so real to you, damn it? That's what I thought. Moving on, Robinson noted on Twitter that he required stitches to close the wound, but did not specify how the injury took place. The Wrestling Observer reports that TNA contracted talent were recently informed by management to not take photos with Jeff and Taryn Jarrett that are posted on the new Global Force Wrestling Twitter account. Names such as Pope D'Angelo De Niro, Velvet Sky, current TNA talent, and Carlito have been seen with the Jarrett's, and those photos have surfaced on the Global Force Wrestling social media site. Apparently, some of these photos have caused some heat from TNA management. Pro Wrestling agent Bill Barons announced last week that promoters will now be able to book TNA's Bad Influence, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Rumors have circulated that Bad Influence's contract was running out and they were not signed to a new deal yet. Both men are still listed on the roster page for TNA, but that hasn't seemed to matter concerning a town's contract in the past. And our fifth and final story this evening, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley revealed in an interview with The Drive with Mark James on CBS Radio in Charlotte, North Carolina last week that WWE offered him a new Legends contract, but he won't sign it. Foley expressed in the interview that he felt the royalty check for the video game last year was very low and the company didn't do right by it, therefore making him a free agent. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here at the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. 
Good stuff, Dave. Yeah, it was good to hear some some uplifting news. I feel like we've we've had a lot of uh, tragic news as of late. So good for Jake the Snake. You know, it, it's it just wish him the best, man. Let's go out to the phone again. We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this changing of the guard? What are we going to see tonight? Um, and curious, you know, the reformation of evolution. Curious, what your thoughts are? Let's start it off with Tony. Tony, are you there? Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. How you doing? What do you got for us? Oh, but yeah, well, you're talking about the changing of the guard, yeah, like you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, like I say, I can see, yeah, like it definitely within the next year, you know, like Roman Reigns is probably going to be going to be the, the the top guy, you know, because they're they really uh, they're really high, you know they've been high on him since since they uh, you know, since he's been brought up. I think that he's going to be, um, you know, I can you know that that definitely eventually uh, see him as the you know winning the title eventually. When you know I don't know when that will be, but. Uh, you know, even as far as like this, the, you know, like WrestleMania uh, or the um, the Taker or the Lesnar match, you know, like the streak ending, like I was saying, you know, like I I don't know, I I wouldn't have had uh, anyone, you know, like, like I say, I would have kept the streak going, you know, I would have kept it alive, you know, I would have kept it going, or you know, I would have. But you know, even like they were saying, you know, I was like, anyone who had, you know, it's like anyone who who ends the streak is gonna, you know, is gonna be pretty much was going to be a, a heel for good, you know, pretty much, because it's like, oh, my God, they, this, this guy beat the street. So it's, you know, it's, it's you know, you know, I guess, you know, Brock Lesnar being the guy to do it. I mean, you know, since he was managed by Paul Heyman already, and, you know, it's, I don't know, but I guess, you know, it's still the whole thing with the streak. It's still kind of like really, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know like it doesn't really like, Real like curate me or anything, but you know, it's it's you know like I say, I yeah, it was definitely like I said, it was it was very unexpected. I didn't see, I, yeah, I totally didn't see it coming. Um, you know, yeah, and of course we talked about at the top of the show when uh, Daniel Bryan's dad, man, that's oh my god, that's yeah, know, yeah, it's you know the guy wins the title, goes on, oh my god, I guess. you know, but um. And even, you know, like I say, I, I thought the Hall of Fame was good this year. You know, I did think some of the, like, I did th- I think Lita's speech, however, went on a little too long. And that and she was she was first. I, th- I, I thought that hers was a little kind of dragged a bit. But uh, I, th- I thought the rest of them, I thought the rest of the speeches were good. I mean, Jake the Snakes was, you know, good. I mean, he, he's, you know, you know, you could tell he's been through a lot the way he, you know, the way he sounded. And, um. You know, Mr. Cheese was was good too. You know, it was, it was good. I mean, it might have been a little a little long, but it was just it, I, I thought I, I thought it was good. It was it was kind of interesting, but you know, didn't talk about his mom and uh, his brothers and his family and that stuff, you know, and whatever. Um, you yeah, know, it's funny you said that because I, I actually found Mr. T kind of entertaining as well. I, I just you know, it's funny because you know, with that, you just hope that um, you know, they need to they need to tell these guys. And Mr. T uh, in an interview afterwards said that they told him just go out and have fun with it. And, you know, if you're telling guys just go out and have fun with it, well, you do run the risk of someone writing a novel and wanting to go out and, and talk all night. Um, yeah. You know, that's something. And, and if, if you don't want that to happen, you, you really got to have to tell people, look, you know, go out and have fun for about 10 minutes. And then you're going to have to come back. Um, I mean, who knows? I mean, they cut off Mr. T. As much as I did find it entertaining in spots, I didn't sound like he was starting to wrap it up, so he could have gone for another half hour. Uh, who knows? But I'm I'm curious, Tony, like coming out of WrestleMania and, and what we saw last week. And at WrestleMania, you know, the Shield winds up having, you know, basically a squash at WrestleMania. 
Uh, kind of was hoping to have a, a more intriguing match there. Um, Shield wins handily, and then kind of gets their asses handed to them last week by uh, Evolution. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on on the return of Evolution. Um, I kind of expected it to happen, you know, since Triple H kept saying that, you know, with the you know with the three of them together, they were unstoppable. So I kind of figured they were gonna. I figured, I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. Yeah, but it was. Um, I didn't really. Uh, well, the, the end of Raw last week was kind of a mix for me, you know, because it's like I I didn't really care for the whole, you know, like eleven jobbers on the uh, against the Shield, you know. It was just like. I, I just thought that was kind of weak, you know. I just thought, you know, and then having, uh, you know, just just having that match was kind of kind of eh. And then uh, you know, then when Evolution came out, you know, it was like I knew that you know, it was like okay, they're gonna wait. You know, I, I you know, I knew that was gonna happen, and um, it, you know, because it was kind of a hit and miss for me, you know, because I mean, Evolution, I, I I wouldn't really call, you know, really say they were like one of one of the one of the greatest going. You know, I mean, it was. It was just kind of a new horseman, new horseman when it, when they, you know when they when they debuted back in 2004 or whatever year it was. I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, because that wasn't really my favorite. I've never been the biggest Batista guy, Batista or Randy Orton fan, you know, or whatever. You know, so it's yeah, because the, the I I mean I expect that would hope you hope this goes like this you know with like you, you say the changing of the guard or whatever it, it, it would result you know it comes in you know this, you know them putting the shield over. At the extreme rules or whatever, and yeah. I think that's what you're going to see. Either either you're going to see the shield go over, or in some way, shape, or form, uh, you know, if the shield loses this match, you're going to see Roman Reigns do something, uh, maybe after the decision to, uh, you know, show some dominance. But yeah, the shield. I mean, to me, you know, the right move, and I, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. Uh, the shield is going to come out looking pretty damn strong uh, after Extreme Rules. Um, uh, I, I mean, I loved it, and I, I do find it's funny when you talk about evolution because I agree with you, and, and, and Dave definitely chime in. You know, I, it's tough for me to, to think of evolution in any sort of historical context, and I'm not a big Batista guy either. I, I like Randy Orton a lot. I think he's he's very talented. Um, Evolution's an interesting faction because you're right; it did it did harken back to the the Four Horsemen. But the one thing that I do like about Evolution, and again, it's tough to put it historical, it never got bad. Like, it, it was a short run, it was a good group, it, it put two new guys over, made them into main event players, um, it served its purpose. You know, everyone, you know, we, we always say, you know, the Four Horsemen definitely best faction of all time, and, and we talk about the original Four Horsemen, okay, yes. But there are a lot of you know, there's some mediocre incarnations of the Four Horsemen. We all know, like, how the NWO, like, how that evolved and went downhill over time. The one thing I did admire about Evolution is that I don't think there was ever a period of time where you're like, oh, geez, Evolution sucks now. Uh, they, they they were hot. They served their purpose. They broke up. And I loved the end of Raw last, last, night, last week. Um, and and I, I think it'll do a lot to uh, kind of – facilitate putting uh, the, the shield in a, in a very strong spot. And I agree with you, Tony. I think that this is like, this is the beginnings of, of the build for the, the Roman Reigns uh, superstar. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how this, this program builds and what they do at Extreme Rules. But I'm curious to have your thoughts on uh, Evolution and their run. Uh, as far as their original run, um, I mean, I'm a big Four Horsemen fan. 
I was a big Four Horsemen fan, and I thought it would be cool. I didn't have high expectations, high hopes for it, but I wasn't. It, you're right. It didn't really get bad. The only, the only time it got bad is when they when they tried to turn Orton babyface, and I, I thought that kind of stuff. It didn't really resonate with me. Like I, I thought it was he was better off just being with them. I think they kind of gave it to him a little too early. They should have kept him in Evolution a little longer, but they did that. Whatever. If, if that didn't happen, maybe we'd see a different landscape today in terms of you know the Orton or Batista characters. Um, I think really what it was designed for, you know, sometimes they put factions out there and the, and the goal is to try and, you know, get all those guys over. But really the main goal was for that was to get Orton and Batista and turn them into stars. And look what happened. In two years' time, they were both headlining WrestleManias, winning world titles. They were at the top of the card. And that was because of their alliance with Triple H and Ric Flair and Evolution, which I thought was, I, I thought it was well done for the two of them. Because at that time, those two guys were just breaking in. And those two guys were part of that youth, that ruthless aggression youth movement with John Cena and Brock Lesnar and all those other names that came in, you know, roughly around the time of the brand extension. So um, being aligned with Hunter and Ric Flair, Triple H was still popular and he's still popular now. And, of course, Ric Flair had name value. It does not hurt to be aligned with those guys, and it helped their careers immensely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of like it that they're reformed again and they've been brought back um, – to mainly help the Shield and to mainly help the push for Roman Reigns. But what I'm curious about more than anything is, is this version of Evolution going to, is this just a nostalgia run with the three of them? Or is this version of Evolution going to serve a purpose like it did 10 years ago and help get a guy over? Somebody from NXT, maybe somebody on the main roster that could use that rub with them. Um, that's what I'm kind of curious about. And with Batista's possible exit from WWE for you know a brief period of time after Extreme Rules, if they still want to keep this evolution thing going, maybe adding another person to the group, somebody that could use the rub with them, somebody they see potential in in WWE could quite possibly happen. Agreed. I could, you know, like I said, you know, I, um, I think, yeah, I, I would actually think it would be kind of, kind of, kind of a neat idea if they, if they brought someone up from NXT to to be to be in the stable, you know, like have like a you know like a new version of the of the group, you know, have some new you know new new blood in there. Um, you know, so I yeah, I, that actually would be a good idea if they if they, if they, if they I, mean, I don't know if that's what they have in mind, but I, yeah, I, I kind of like the idea. You know, it's like you know, like I said, bring up some guys from NXT or whatever, you know, or some guys who are just kind of floundering around. You know, they can either you know have them be part of the new evolution or whatever, or you can, you know, I mean, even like some guys who are just, who are just not really doing much, you can just make them, Heyman, or make them Paul Heyman guys, you know, like you can have like a Paul Heyman, you know, like a, and we had the Heyman family back in the 80s, so you, you know, I mean, you can have the, you can have something like the Heyman family now, you know, so it's like a, like a, like a you know, I don't know, I'm going off a little bit here, but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, what to do with guys who they're not really, if the WWE isn't really using too much, you know, you can either have them in, as part of the new you know, like evolution and having Triple H, you know, getting the rope by being on him with him, or you can have you can have him be managed by Heyman. I mean, either one of those. I mean, I would think is gonna would would do would would do would would would, would help out a new uh, a, 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 a new you know, like young you know, guy. I think I think Tony, you're hitting upon it. But that's why it's an exciting time right now to be a fan. Like, there's so many. 
you know, you get your fantasy booker hat on, and there's like so many different ways they can go, and I, I think it's it's a really interesting time. Um, you know, and it's funny, like, who knows? I mean, we're talking Roman Reigns is like the, the heir apparent, but, you know, things happen, uh, storylines get scrapped, new storylines come into play, uh, injuries happen, you know, who knows what we're going to see, but it's definitely an exciting time to uh, be a wrestling fan. Tony, thanks a lot for giving us a call, and uh, hope to talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's I, – I, I don't know, like, I mean – I loved the the end of last week. I really did. I thought it was a great, uh, you know, they they kept hinting at it, hinting at it, and then when Evolution's music hit, um, and what I liked about it a lot, and and as we, you know, as we talk about this changing of the guard, and that's the running theme, and and WrestleMania weekend kind of started it, and we're definitely seeing it unfold. I I like the idea of, you know, taking someone's spot, so to speak, and the old guard not wanting to give it up. And, and I like that, that, you know, that happens in real life behind the scenes, and this is kind of playing out storyline-wise, too. And you have, you know, the, the, the veterans who, you know, have all been main eventers, have all been champions, um, and then you got these new up-and-comers that are, you know, looking to have what those veterans have already done. And they're looking essentially to take their spot. And what we saw last week, and it's good storytelling, because you've got to have a back and forth, that the old dogs came out and said, we are not ready yet to give up our yard. We're not ready yet to give up our spot. And I, I am so enjoying the way Triple H is playing this, this part. I thought that his match with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania was stellar, um, Triple H, you know, we'll see what he does, uh, but he's he's got some some years in him as far as uh, being a wrestler. Uh, I, I love what we saw out of him for Daniel Bryan. I thought that was a tremendous match, probably the match of the night. And you know what he's doing now with the Shield? It's like he's kind of taken the Mr. McMahon character, and it, it's got like you know the Mr. McMahon character, and he's got more balls. He's got more balls, and he's more violent. He's more uh, physically intimidating than Mr. McMahon was. So he's, he's, you know, maybe it was a bit awkward to start off with, but I think he's really um, evolved and and embraced this role. And I love everything we're we're seeing out of him. He's he's a CEO, a COO that's not afraid to kick your ass uh, if he has to. And the way. I'm curious to see what the Shield response is going to be tonight, um, but I, I really dug the end of last week's uh, Raw, Dave. Yeah, I did too. Um, it was kind of apropos that the Shields would, you know, as a, as a heel trio who were basically hired guns for, you know, at one time Paul Heyman and then the Authority, they got what was coming to them with a bunch of guys just jumping them and, and, and then Evolution just kind of picking up the scraps and basically making their point and, uh, I thought it was really cool, and what I could what I could possibly see here is what they what they're doing. Obviously, this is to really develop the Roman Reigns, you know, single superstar push that they want. Um, what, it, this could go a couple different ways, but from what I from what I could see, if the piece is really going to lead, this is a, this is an idea of thought that I came up with. You know, because I mentioned it earlier about will this version of Evolution give somebody a rub? 
And I do agree that it could go to somebody who's down in NXT or it could go to somebody that's kind of floundering on the main roster, but they, that, that, that they want to do something with, but they're not sure what they can do. And I would, what I think would be pretty cool, because we all know there's a fourth member of Evolution by the name of Rick Flair, who was a, who was a part of the original group. You know, he's under contract with WWE. He makes appearances. You won't ever see him wrestle in the ring again. But what I, was, what I think would be pretty cool, and I'll put my fantasy booker hat on for just a moment, is if Triple H decides that they are going to, you know, add a member to Evolution. And this person is going to, you know, be the, 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 the new face of, of WWE for years to come. And this person is going to be the one that they are going to groom to be the future of the business. And it turns out it's Ric Flair's daughter, Ashley, by the name of Charlotte, down in NXT. And Flair then could get interjected into this storyline, saying, uh, no, that's my spot. I'm the fourth guy. Evolution wouldn't be what it is without me a part of it. And I don't want my daughter involved in any of the stuff you got going on. And then they could, they could introduce the new member by taking out Flair. And this version of Evolution, which, of course, we all know is a knockoff of the Four Horsemen, would have the four talents in the ring, and then they have the valet, kind of like what the, what, what the Horsemen have. Or you can even add Flair as a manager. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got Stephanie there. I mean, maybe you had, you know, Charlotte, who, you know, Rick Flair's daughter. But I think it would put, first of all, Triple H has been a big proponent of making the Divas division relevant again. It would make her a huge star by aligning her with all of them in Evolution. would make the girls' division and a storyline for the girls just as important as the guys on television. And it would really be a shot in the arm to her career by being, by being associated with them. And it would make for a hot storyline. And it makes sense. That's Ric Flair's daughter. Ric Flair's got an association with the former guys of Evolution. She's joined Evolution to kind of get back at all the years that Flair has, you know, disappointed her as a father. I mean, it makes all kinds of sense. And you throw in a fourth guy, whether it be somebody from NXT or a Drew McIntyre who's floundered with 3MB. And if you could even save his career after the things that have taken place. I mean, I just think the whole process of all the storylines is all about new talent rising to the occasion. And I think that that's pretty cool that the way that they've set this all up, even with Bray Wyatt and John Cena, too, and how Cena doesn't want to give up that spot, you got to beat him for that spot. And I think that's pretty cool how they've kind of thrown some realism into these storylines about this changing of the guard. I, I, I think it's been great television so far from WWE. Yeah, very, definitely very engaging television. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What do you guys think of the changing of the guard? We're going to go back out to the phones. Out to Jersey. Caller, are you there? Yeah, is, I, I didn't get my name in before. Uh, Ken, this is Mr. Thursday Night. How are you, sir? Doing all right. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm, I'm still smarting from my loss the other night, but as you saw, there was a little cheating going on. Definitely was a little bit of cheating. Um, Sonny Justice or Sonny Kiss or whatever his name is, he's dead next time. We know that. So, are we set up, are we set up for a rematch then against Sonny Kiss? Uh, well, you know what? I'm lobbying the uh, on fire board of directors, so we'll get we'll get something going. But yeah, uh, in any of it, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you? I was going to say, Mister Thursday Night here with us. Uh, just you never know who's going to call in, but. Uh, Professional wrestler and ECPW on Thank fire. You, Thanks for giving us a call. So are you are are you a fan? Like, do you watch uh, the, the the TV? I don't watch actively, but I'll watch. You know, if something big happens, like a WrestleMania, for example, 
I'll I'll watch that or you know I mean mostly I'm I watch a lot of the older stuff to uh, you know to get some inspirations because I'm you know I'm old school you know that uh, I think that's uh, that's a lost art uh, you know what the guys did back in the uh, back in the 70s and 80s you know I remember watching one match that ended with a body slam you'll never see that nowadays yeah. but. But now, now that with the changing of the guard that you guys were talking about, I mean, you know, eventually you have to, you know, you have to prepare for things like that. And I think they've got a good group of guys now that they could pin their future on, like Roman Reigns, for example, because you know he does come from the the Samoan wrestling family, and I don't think they've put out one bad wrestler, you know, in their entire history. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that that family—it's ridiculous. Like the the lineage that goes uh, with with the Samoans. Um, I'm curious. Like, so you're saying Roman Reigns or anyone else in this new uh, crop? I mean, did you watch WrestleMania this year? Is there anyone else that's standing out for you as far as uh, the young talent? Well, I mean Daniel Bryan, of course. He's you know he's fantastic at what he does. Uh, I mean I don't you know he's been around for what 15 years, so I don't know if we can call him a youngster per se, but uh, you know he's. I mean, in, in the WWE universe, so to speak, he is. Uh, let me see. I mean, the other the other two guys in uh, in the Shield, they're great. You know, Ambrose and Rollins, terrific talent. Uh, you know, I haven't really paid attention to NXT, which I probably should, but you know, Cesaro's outstanding, and uh, I think uh, I think they, I think they have a decent future ahead of them. And I think uh, you know if you keep the old guys around too, I don't I don't think that's such a bad thing. You know because they you know Triple H certainly brings stuff to the table. I mean I saw you know his match was just outstanding, outstanding. So you know there's that. And it's interesting. Like I'm curious, like you're as as someone in the business, you know a lot of people, you know fans uh, are, can be kind of critical of, of Triple H. It's probably because you know he. Married the boss's daughter. Um, you know, I've always been a Triple H fan. I think uh, his psychology is, is tremendous. I, I, I love the new character, the new incarnation of the game. Uh, I'm curious, as someone in the business, your thoughts on, on Triple H. I think the guy is a huge asset to the business just because he's so intelligent and he's, he's also a fan of the old school and he wants to, you know, I, I've, I've read things where he wants to bring back things like war games, which would be fantastic, but I get the the whole logistics. They don't want to uh, take away ringside seats for that, so I understand why they're not doing that. But he's, I mean, he's, he really, and he also cares about the upcoming, you know, the upcoming people. I saw a piece of the Warrior documentary, which is outstanding, by the way, the new one, and he was showing Warrior uh, part of the performance center, which he has, a live feed in his office, um, and they have they have it set up just like you would a uh, you know a WWE arena. They have the entranceway, and they could practice their entrances. They could practice, you know, obviously in the ring. But it's it's everything an up and coming talent would want to to get them there. And Triple H is responsible for that entire thing. What were your thoughts on, on Warrior, uh, his his career? And, and and you're right. I mean, you know, we haven't talked about it yet tonight, but, uh, you know, I did catch the, the Warrior documentary and would highly recommend uh, uh, 
checking that out, especially uh, if you saw the the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, definitely a different take. Uh, I saw, yeah, I saw that. And what were your I thoughts thought, on Warrior's career? I thought Warrior was outstanding. Um, I know a lot of people on the internet, you know, fans. They credit if if somebody doesn't do 800 flips in a in a match, they, you know, they think he can't work. And my my philosophy is. Wrestling, you know, there's there's a difference between wrestling and working. A guy who is a great wrestler might not be a great worker. You know, he might not work the crowd in a way that, you know, a wrestler might not work the crowd in a way that a great worker can, you know. So you could do all these moves that might be great to you and you might, quote, unquote, mark out for yourself <laughs> over that whole thing. But, you know, when 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 it all comes down to it, did you entertain that? Did you entertain the crowd? You know, and if if the crowd doesn't respond to anything you do, then what's the point of doing all these great fancy moves? You know. But Warrior Warrior had the character, he had the energy, he had he had he was the he was the package. You know, his promos might have been incomprehensible, but the fans loved them, and I loved them. You know, I thought they were fantastic. Who are some of the guys like you know old school that that influenced you? You know, I'm go- people have asked me that. Um, let's see, Rowdy Roddy Piper, big influence. Um, Ric Flair, of course, if, as you see that I wear a robe. <laughs> um, you know, even got you know, Macho Man with the uh, you know with his his crazy outfits and and great wrestling style. Uh, I, I love guys like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. You know, and I also cut my teeth watching old NWA shows when I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. So guys like Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Flair, uh, Lex, even Lex Luger, who a lot of guys they say you know he's a ter- terrible wrestler, but I again he had that crowd in the palm of his hand. So who's how how are you going to say the guy's a bad wrestler? The guy got a great reaction every time he went out there. Definitely good stuff. You know, thank thank you uh, for giving us a call tonight and talking a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, of before course. We, before we let you go, we got to have you on again. And uh, but before we let you go, uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can see you uh, in the squared circle in the future? You could see me this Friday night in Butler, New Jersey, April twenty fifth. I'll be wrestling uh, General Bobby Lee Walker. I should beat him handily, but uh, you never know. I've uh, I, I was on the losing end of a uh, decision the other night. Uh, hopefully, the ref won't be uh, won't uh, give me a fast count this time, as he did Very the other cool. night. You, su- you saw that, Ken. It was. It was definitely a fast count. Absolutely. I got your back. <laughs> Very cool. Thank, thanks for giving us a call. So we'll definitely have you back on. Talk to you thanks soon. Thanks so much. I'd love to. Take it easy, man. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Yeah, and from like the the land of you never know who's gonna give us a call, Mister Thursday Night. He wrestles for us at ECPW on Fire, and he is, you know, he really, I really enjoy his work. He definitely is a, a throwback. Uh, does the classic heel thing, comes down. Uh, he's got the robe. Uh, he pulls the arrogant thing. I mean, you can tell that he uh, was was uh, influenced by Flair. But uh, you know, I like the way he he talked. You know. It's it's that's the thing with wrestling and and it is interesting and we've kind of discussed that and he kind of it seems like Davey kind of has our uh, similar opinions um, that's not necessarily 
how many athletic moves you can do, but it's how you tell the story. And, and he's right, you know. And, and I wasn't a big Luger guy. Um, but, you know, if, if Luger's music is hitting and thousands of people are popping, well, you know, how do you say that he's awful? Um, it, it's, it's a good point. And, uh, you know, I, I like what he said when he's like, you could be a good wrestler but not a good worker. Uh, it, it's about telling that story. And uh, a lot of interesting stuff. It's cool. Did not expect him to call, but uh, uh, I like his take. And he's uh, he seems kind of kicked on uh, the changing of the guard as, as well. What's great about wrestling that, you know, Mr. Thursday night had, had, you know, kind of sprung to my attention was the fact that wrestling is a variety show, okay? There's a little bit of everything for somebody out there, okay? And I like a mixture of it all. I love the, you know, the, the mat-based wrestling, you know, from guys like Daniel Bryan, but I also love the big man wrestling, you know, I was a Hulkamaniac growing up, to the, to the, to the straightforward character like a Kevin Nash, to a, a flamboyant like a Randy Savage or a Ric Flair or a Shawn Michaels. I mean, there's something for everybody out there, and that's why it's probably one of the greatest professions on earth, and it's, you know, one of the greatest entertainment spectacles on earth, is that there's... Like I said, a little bit of something for everybody out there, and I like it all, and and, and that's why I'm a big fan because I can watch, I can watch it all. But don't get me wrong; I'll state the obvious when something stinks and when someone sucks. But at the end of the day, you got to tell a story, whether you have four moves or 444 moves in your in your arsenal. You got to tell a story, and the, and you got to get a reaction, whether it be good or bad. You have to get a reaction. If you don't get a reaction then you need, to, you need to get out of the business. Totally agree with you. And Colin, again, thank you uh, for the call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're talking WWE. We're, we're less than a half hour away from Monday Night Raw. We're talking changing of the guard. Big uh, trend right now going on in the WWE. And we're going to go back out to the calls. I think this might be Mikey. Mikey, are you there? Yes, I am. Um, Mr. Thursday Night, if he's listening, I've had the pleasure of not only meeting him last year, but working against him with the Fat Boys, um, against him, Andrew Anderson, and their manager at the time, or still is, Doug DeVito. Um, he is a very intelligent guy, and he's, a very, and he's a very nice guy. And I agree with a lot of the things that he said about talking about when the wrestlers, you know, criticize or, or other wrestlers or fans say this and, you know, that. Um, but he is right. If you know, if they go out there and they get their, their, you know, their cheers and their stuff done, then that's what makes you know that's what makes everybody you know unique and special in their own way. You know, and uh, of course, you know, and everybody's going to criticize because that's the way it is. Yeah, and, and sometimes you know it's a shame that like you know wrestling fans and we we've I mean we've talked about it a lot on this show. Like we we really try to. I mean sometimes you got to criticize and it happens. But we really try to keep it positive on the show, and, and it, it, I do find it staggering. Like it, it, wrestling, it's it's weird, but like fans seem more at home talking about what they think is bad than talking about what they think is good. I mean, that's the thing. Like honestly, like I feel like like my opinion on what's bad right now in in the WWE is, is the commentating drives me up a wall. But I've chosen not to talk about that tonight. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, I'd rather talk about everything I'm enjoying and, and be able to kind of just look past the stuff that's, that's kind of bothering me. I, we could have spent, you know, a half hour on ripping the commentary, but 
you know, who wants to do that? But it is. It's but you weird. chose that, it, but you choose not to do that like you're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> like you're doing right now, Ken. You're going on a Mike Ferrara rant. We don't need you to do that tonight, Ken. <laughs> but I just, I, I prefer talking about the positive stuff. And, and it's, it's I, yeah, I think right yeah. now. Let's, 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 I, I think right. I've had enough negative stuff in my life as well. Let's let's talk about the the positive. The, you, you know what's funny? Last week I was getting ready to go out before I, I I was just getting ready to go out just before the we were watching Monday Night Raw, watching it with my nephew, and all of a sudden I heard the Evolution music. I turned around and I started yelling and screaming, and my nephew goes, "Do you like Evolution, Uncle Mike?" And I said, "No, I don't like Evolution." I love Evolution because I remember when Evolution first appeared. I remember I was there when, you know, I was telling them all the great moments I remember. I was in Madison Square Garden when Kane's mask got ripped off, but I was there when when Mick Foley got thrown down the stairs by Randy Orton, and I believe it was Batista as well. Um, you know, I remember all the great moments. I remember... I remember um, well, I was there at a house show when Flair came out and was managing Batista because you knew something great was going to happen with these guys. You knew you were going to see the greatness. You know, um, you know, like when Eric Bischoff handed Triple H the belt, um, you know, that world title, and then, you know, you see Flair with them, it's like you knew something great was going to happen. You know, evolution to me, yeah, and everybody says, I'm tired of hearing that too. Everybody says, well, you know, they were a full horseman ripoff. Well, that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole joke. But the point is, is that evolution evolved out of that. You got two great wrestlers out of that. And then eventually, yes, evolution ended. The way evolution ended was, was, was finally Triple H putting down his favorite, putting down the old man, as he called him, taking out the shooting, the, what how did he say about taking the dog behind the barn? He did it, you know, and, and was I upset at Triple H? No, I was proud of Triple H, because that's the guy that Triple H is. Remember, Triple H is the, the cerebral assassin for a reason. But um, but that, that that's how I feel about it. But anyway, hi, Dave, how are you tonight? I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad to hear from you. I heard, uh, and, and this is in all seriousness, but, um, you know, I'm glad that you're calling back on the show two weeks in a row. But I heard a rumor, and uh, I'd like to confirm it with you because I'm not one to just jump the gun here. But I heard you stopped watching wrestling, and you, had, you didn't want any affiliation with it for a little while. Um, now you're back on our show. What's, uh, what's going on? <clears throat> Well, Dave, it wasn't Dave. It wasn't a rumor. You know, I I stopped watching wrestling. Like I said, I, I I said I don't like it. You know, you love something so much. Sometimes you don't like it. Sometimes there's there's things in you that you need to figure out where you're going and where you're headed. And everybody was asking me the same thing. And it, it, it and I'll tell you, speaking honestly as I can, you know, you just you know, you, you put something in the past to try to make up for something, but you know you love it, and you know that this is your this is your, your thing, you know? And this is something that you're good at and you're, and you're passionate about. But, you know, as far as me going, you know, I also said, like, I would never be, you know, with the boys, um, you know, doing the wrestling again. You know, going out there with magic is something 
that I loved and, and something that he, he knows I love very much. Um, I, I had spoke with him a lot about the stuff that I was going through and how I didn't feel appreciated in the back rooms and, and, and you know, because I wasn't trained, you know, out the right way because of my health problems. But you know what? Magic told me that everyone loves me because of me and because of, of what I do and what I did. But that's, you know, that's for me to figure out. Like I said last week, Ultimate Warrior talking about destinies. That's for me to figure out. But, yeah, that was the, wasn't a rumor, Dave, and I appreciate you coming with it because I do respect you, and I know, you know what I'm saying? Anytime you have a question for me, I'll answer it because I'm not a liar. I tell the truth. Some people say I'm well, too Mike. truthful, but, hey, we all have their across the best. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your, uh, your 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 honesty about that. I'm glad that you're uh, you're, you're back listening to the show and uh, back back with back with the gang. Well, that's you know, I mean, it's a, it's 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 a good thing for me. You know, I gotta gotta beat this. You know, I gotta move forward and beat what I have. You know, and and uh, you know, but we're positive tonight, man. We're going on a positive run. I mean, this is what it's all about. Life is. Very positive for me, and we need it to be. We need to continue. But, yeah, I I love the evolution angle. I mean, some people say, you know, well, you know, the shield's going to go over. You know what? If they go over, they go over. You know, I remember sitting in Mass Square Garden watching Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. They had that great, like, 20-minute like match, and then it, it, went, it, it was like something to see, you know, and then – uh, and then you see you see Randy Orton he beats um you know Rob Van Dam to become the Intercontinental Champion, that was great, you know Evolution was to me Evolution was a great was a great you know they were a great faction, you know whether they were number two number three number four you know what they were a faction they went out they did it just like Legacy I didn't think Legacy was that great it was to me it was just like a knockoff of Evolution but you know what storytelling storytelling made made it made it um made it possible. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean I, I liked last week and, and I like the fact that, you know, we've watched you know, wrestling fans they're a fickle bunch and, and what I liked is, you know, we've watched the Shield uh beat the hell out of just about everybody uh for a long time. Uh you know, they were the guys that were ganging up on on other people. And I like <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that like you know, it, it almost was, you know, this, like, Triple H was in charge. And once they, you know, it's funny because, like, they call themselves the Hounds of Justice. And it almost was reminiscent of the saying, you know, you got to put down a dog that bites the owner. The, the dog bites the hand that feeds him. You got to put that dog down. And, uh, you know, it, that's the, the sense you got, that Triple H was totally in support of the Shield and using the Shield for, for his own evil plans and as soon as the shield decided oh wait a second we don't need triple h anymore triple h decided all right now we're going to have to put you down and and i just i love what the the visual of of the way last week ended um i'm curious to see i mean i'm sure it's going to be a limited run for evolution uh unless like dave yeah. said they add new members but i like it now, I here's what i'm afraid of because I, I i here's what i'm afraid of i'm afraid of them putting kane in the managerial spot you think? I mean, I don't need Kane out there in a suit. I want Kane, you know, wrestling like I seen him in, 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 you know, when I went to see him against the Big Show. 
in, out in Jersey. I like that match in the cage. That was a great match. You know, Kane still uh, can go. I understand, I guess, his body is telling him to be in a suit. Like when I see Ric Flair come out in a suit that time and manage, you know, start to manage these guys. But then it was great to see Flair wrestle again. Um, but well, I, we're I just... Uh, Kane's supposed to be back tonight, so we'll get to see him, and I, I'm looking forward I mean, to that. I just I think... wonder if that's... I, I mean, listen, you know, I, I heard, you know, Dave was talking about, you know, his daughter Charlotte. That would be good. That would be wonderful. And, you know, I would love to see Flair back in the fold, you know, um, as, a, as a manager. Um, but, you know, I, I have a funny feeling that Kane, for some strange odd reason, is going to, you know, be the manager of Evolution. I mean, I hope not. That's just in my thought. I, I mean, listen, I could be wrong, but I hope not. But, I mean, hey, why don't we just, you know, if we're going to bring Charlotte back, why don't we just do an angle where we have Ric Flair in the ring with the guys, and then somebody comes out in a mask and unmasks and uh, turns on him and says, you weren't a good father. Oh, wait a minute. They did that with the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. Sorry, they did that with with, with uh with David Flair, I forgot. <laughs> and what goes around comes around, Mike. We got to go. Hey, you know what? I, 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 I got to tell you though. You know that's the way wrestling is. Every every time I turn around, something else is going on in the wrestling world. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, we've heard this. It's the best thing going to say. We we've heard it. But I tell you one thing. It, it, Triple H, Triple H, and all these guys out there. So all Triple H is. Triple H is a smart man, not because he married the boss's daughter, because Triple H is a, is just a true, the guy lives and, and breathes and eats the business. I know everyone's heard that line before, but it's the truth. You know, Triple and and you know what would have been funny? How about WrestleMania 8 or 9, you know, Undertaker versus Andre the Giant? Think about it. Andre the Giant was the man back in, in, the, in the locker room. He was the yard dog before Undertaker. And then after Undertaker was the guy that ruled the locker room. Something to think about. Two people that had a lot of respect. Andre the Giant had a lot of respect. Whether you loved Andre the Giant or you hated him, you read those wrestling books, they tell you. What did he say? He used to say, hey, boss, hey, what's up, boss, hey, what's up? Undertaker. Same thing. You never hear anybody badmouth Undertaker, talk bad about The Undertaker. Because those two guys were respect. And if, and if the streak should have been broken, it should have been by a, by a, um, by a um, what do you call, a full-timer. Not, not a guy who hurts people for a living. Not a UFC fighter. Not a guy that left wrestling, quote-unquote, because he couldn't handle the life. And now he's back. You know what, I like Brock Lesnar, I respect Brock Lesnar, but I just don't think Brock should have won um, at WrestleMania. I think The Undertaker should. And then I heard something about The Undertaker was supposed to win, but then he got hurt because Brock hurt him or something. Or, or something. You know, I don't know. I didn't see WrestleMania, so I don't know. I can't can't call what I don't see. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely re- recommend I think you should definitely go and, and check it out. And who knows? I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear rumors upon I mean, rumors. Of what right. happened. But. There's stuff. There's stuff, and you never, you know, right? You never know. It, 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 it could happen. But I, but I wonder though, what do you guys think about Andre the Giant versus Undertaker? It would have been great, don't you think? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, fantasy booking, uh, that, that's a match that uh, I would love to see. And I think uh, Taker uh, himself may have said that at some point, that the one guy he didn't get to wrestle, he would have loved to have been in the ring uh, uh, with Andre the Giant. Um, Mike, thanks uh, so much for the call. Glad you're, you're, you're kind of back with the, the wrestling game, and we hope uh, to continue to hear from you and uh, give us a call next week. Thanks a lot for the call tonight. All right. Well, thank you guys for having me on, and Thank you, Dave, for you know being being there, and thank you guys for being there. Michelle DeG, I, I know you're listening to me. Ken and I did a Mike Ferrara rant tonight. We got to do one together. <laughs> it was the best. It was the best feeling in the world, and uh, and I'll, I'll continue to to fight this fight. I'm going to get better and fight it. And uh, you know, I have my Ultimate Warrior ringtone. Not ashamed to say it. I have it. <laughs> nice. Very good. Good talking. But, uh, Take it easy, man. Good talking to you guys. Oops. <laughs> Good talking to you, Mike. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, I got other calls to get to. Um, yeah, interesting. I, you know, I'm glad he's back. I mean, the the Mike Ferrara, the Ferrara rants. I mean, like, and that's, and and I don't know if that phone call was necessarily his best, but it, it just whets the appetite as far as a, a Mike Ferrara phone call where you can go from Evolution, the Shield, hit the Four Horsemen, somehow get over to the NWO and end up with The Undertaker versus Andre the Giant. And and you just never Don't know forget. what direction the phone call is going in. Don't forget, it, it, it got personal, too, about his own personal life and magic and stuff that happened with him as well. So, I mean, you can't forget about that that, that, that segment in his, uh, his quote-unquote rant. But uh, yeah, it's great to have Mike back. Yeah, and whatever he's going through, I mean, wish him the best. And... Uh, you know, uh, I'm glad that he's back in the fold. And, uh, you know, whatever you're going through, we're we're definitely pulling for you here. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. You guys have been great tonight, really hitting us up on the phone lines. We got Dank on the line. Dank, you there? I'm here. Hey, John. We're doing all right. How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing great. I just took my final, and I'm done with school to September. I am doing absolutely great. <laughs> Summer has started, so... Back to work full time, but actually, I was listening to uh, Mike talking, and uh, a very interesting question popped in my head, which may stump you guys or may have you guys thinking. Being as big fans of wrestling as you are, and let's take WWE in account, is there anything or anywhere the company could go direction-wise that would make you stop watching or stop following, even if for a while, like say a couple months? Or, you know, take a break to where it's like I don't like where the company is going to the point where you're like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to follow this. I don't want to be part of this. Is there anything at all, as big I, of a fan as both of you are, that would make you do that? It's a, it's a really good question. I mean, and, and I, I put in a, you know, a caveat that if we weren't doing the show, because right now, I mean, you know, it's not as much of an option. Um I don't know. It's a really good question. I mean, I stopped watching uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, because it got way too cartoonish for me. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I got back in, you know, when Hulk Hogan turned and formed the NWO. That got me kind of back into wrestling. Um, so, I mean, I guess if it went into, like, a you know, over-the-top cartoony, if it got... Uh, way too, you know, in that direction of family-friendly. Not that, I mean, not that family-friendly is like an evil thing, but if it just got way too cartoonish, um, 
perhaps. Um, I don't know. I mean, right now, it's just it's tough to imagine like them them crapping the bed because things are going so well. Uh, you know, I, geez, it's, it's a real good question. Uh, but I'd, I'd I'd probably say that if it went in that direction, where all of a sudden it just got. I mean, they they took away you know any edge to the characters, and uh, you know that probably would would turn me off. What are your thoughts, Dave? Well, if you remember, about three years ago, they stopped using the term wrestling. Um, they were just known as WWE. They wouldn't refer to themselves as World Wrestling Entertainment. I even remember in some of CM Punk's told Vince McMahon that, you know, you think wrestling is a dirty word. You treat wrestling as a dirty word, and you call this sports entertainment. And they started using the professional wrestling term again. And I'll never forget an interview I saw with Chris Jericho on YouTube where he had said, when they get rid of the ring, then you can then you could start bitching. Then there's a problem. So if they were to get rid of the ring and just not do any kind of physical wrestling at all, but they had a stage set up or something like that, then that's when I'd stop watching completely. Because at the end of the day, for me, you know, as much as you know, newer fans don't really, I wouldn't say they don't really appreciate the, the in-ring aspect. It's always come down to me at the end of the day. It starts and ends in the ring. Bottom line. And if they were to stop using the ring for any reason, then you got a problem. And then that's when I'd stop watching. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Have have fun, and I'll see you guys on the thread. Thank you. Thanks for giving us a call, Dank. Take it easy. No problem. Dank, Dank always with the thought-provoking questions. Yeah, it's tough like right now because it's just so engrossing to think of, like, like walking away from wrestling. I mean, maybe I'd take a break for a little bit, but I can't fathom just uh, being done. You know, it, it, you guys have been great tonight supporting the show. Got a lot of phone calls. Uh, you know, it seems like the hotbed topic um, tonight was evolution, obviously, and then their role and how we're going forward with that. Uh, with less than five minutes left, and we got to really next week. We got to get into this storyline, but. You know, the, the, a lot of people critical. Oh, why can't John Cena let someone else get over? Uh, John Cena had to win and rest me. It's not fair. Uh, uh, worst thing in the world. Too many people learn the terminology. Like, it's storytelling, guys. And, and I loved what I saw at WrestleMania. I thought it was the right move for Cena to win because the storyline has got legs. Uh, this program is going to go on for a little while. Uh, you know, it's all said and done. I'll see if I need to criticize anything, but I like the match in the arena. I loved it when I watched it on TV. The, the facial expressions on both Wyatt and Cena I thought were tremendous. Uh, they're telling a story. Cena's legacy is still in question. It's still in doubt. Wyatt is still trying to uh, dismantle John Cena, and, uh, you know, I got no problem with Cena winning. I thought it was the right move. Um Bray Wyatt is a star. He lost nothing. In fact, he gained a lot being in a match with John Cena at WrestleMania. Uh, Nothing negative comes out of that. I'm sorry. Any fans that think something negative came out of John Cena winning that match, you're wrong. Uh, And I'm really curious to see what what happens tonight. I love this storyline, and I'm looking forward to their match at Extreme Rules. And again, we're about three minutes, so we're going to delve into this storyline next week. Uh, but quickly, Dave, your your thoughts on that? On the match itself, it was a fun match to watch in the arena, fun to watch on the network. Um, I would have liked to have seen Wyatt win, but I'm not crying over that Cena won. And you're right, it does have some legs with Cena winning. 
I'll never forget. I went back and watched, I'll make it very quick about this. Watch the pre-show on, on, on the network. And Shawn Michaels made a great point. All this worrying about legacy stuff shouldn't even matter. At the end of the day, it's what you do in the middle of that ring. The legacy stuff will, 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 will speak for itself as time goes on. So you've got to wonder how much of this legacy part is going to be a part of this storyline going further. I'm, I'm, I'm almost kind of wondering if they're going to bring somebody in to maybe kind of like get Cena to snap out of it, and then, or, or if there's something that's going to trigger Cena to go over the edge, so to speak, on Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. I'm not sure, but it's, it's all very intriguing, all very intriguing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm digging it. And I, and I, you know, a lot of the what happened at WrestleMania, you know, you, you, there's a lot of finality um, to, to storylines. You know, obviously, Batista and Orton are moving over to, to taking care of the Shield as well as Triple H. Uh, so Daniel Bryan will be moving on to something different. Uh, Evolution moving on to something different. Taker streak ends. Uh, so, again, it's moving on to something different. You know, you need to have certain... Uh, storylines kind of continue after WrestleMania, and, and I I like um, and and I, I'm really curious to see where it goes, and I think Bray Wyatt has got a, you know, all-time great as far as mic skills uh, written all over him, and we'll see how his career unfolds, but I every time he's got a mic in his hand, I'm really enjoying it. Good show tonight. About a minute left, Dave. Uh, it's one of the shows that kind of ran itself. The callers were great. Had a good time. Mr. Thursday night, again, thank you for the, the phone call. Got a pro wrestler calling in. That's always a bonus. Uh, fun time tonight, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for calling in. Insightful thoughts. And uh, keep them coming next week. we got we got plenty of hot topics to talk to you about in regards to the world of professional wrestling. So what's going to happen tonight? So many things swirling around the Shield, Evolution, where does this storyline go to? Are we going to see stipulations, uh, you know, handed out as far as matches go? And what are we going to see out of Daniel Bryan? Who is Daniel Bryan wrestling at Extreme Rules? The Monster Kane, uh, rumored to be coming back tonight. So it just, you know, coming out of WrestleMania season, you kind of expect that hangover, and it looks like we are not getting it. The WWE is running full force. I am psyched. To see what Raw has tonight. We'll be next week to dissect it all for you, 6.30 to 8 next week. But it's time for Monday Night Raw. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night. Have a great time.